Hey, everybody. We have a, uh, a sponsor to talk to you guys about quick. We've had them on the show a few times. We've seen them at the Grid Life Paddocks for the past couple years. Uh, really good people and uh, really, really cool products and cars and services. So Fields Auto Works, uh, fun cars to drive and own, serious track performance, uh, a lot less hassle, cost, consumables. Um, they have uh, they make their own cars, and very cool stuff. If you haven't heard, listen back to the one with Rob Fields. We talk about a lot of the details of the Cardinal. Uh, extremely unique, affordable for the performance that you get. Like a, I don't know, it's probably like a fifth of the cost of a GT3 and runs about as fast as one. Uh, easy performance upgrades like wheels, tires, boost, tune, aero stuff, even engine swaps, I'm sure. Uh, three performance level offerings, the S300, the Cardinal, and the Scioto. Uh, which is gorgeous, by the way. That car is amazing looking. Um, opportunities for build spots uh, are limited, and uh, they are building cars right now. They've taken orders. Uh, we have seen one of the uh, earlier production ones at a bunch of Grid Life events. Really, really cool. The Cardinals got great vintage vibes, uh, modern Mustang underpinning, and uh, like probably half or less of the weight of, uh, of a modern Mustang. So your bearings, your hubs, your everything lasts a long time. Uh, and Fields Engineering, uh, full motorsports services are available. Shop services for large projects. Arrive and drive stuff uh, services for your own car or one of theirs. Uh, engineering, design, and small-scale fab work and production. Composites fab work. Um, and it puts the combined expertise of aerospace engineers, IndyCar builders, IMSA crew chiefs, and uh, more on their staff, on their crew, uh, at your fingertips, which is uh, hard to find and really, really great prep shop work. Uh, super cool people to have trackside, uh, and they let me steal their tools when I need them, which is great for me. So, so uh, uh, if you uh, if you want to check out FieldsAutoWorks.com, uh, really, really cool people. Our buddies over at the uh, Winning Formula in uh, Kentucky are hosting a uh, advanced uh, and competition cars test and tune track day, uh, March twenty sixth weekend actually, March twenty sixth, twenty seven of 2022 in case you're listening to this in the future and you can register for that at motorsportsreg.com slash events slash winning formula test dash day dash, blah, 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 blah. just search winning formula <laughs> you'll figure it out on motorsports reg putnam is super fun uh it's a it's a really good kind of uh it's, a, it's twisty but it's got some really fun uh we, we talked about this show. It's got some really fun elements to it. And turn one sneaks up on me, and I think I was the only person that spun in turn one uh, that day. A lot of really quality drivers at these events. Um, my fit was a little floppy, and I did turn one wrong. But it was fine. Um, great people and uh, great track. Really, really fun. So check that out. Motorsportsbridge.com. Search winning formula in March 2627 uh, of 2022. Welcome back to the Slip Angle Podcast. This is uh, episode three from Circuit of the Americas for the day, and I think we've got th two or three more planned for tonight. So I'm joined by uh, Andy Hollis, tire tester, GRM writer, 
and uh, in a position of influence, I think, always with the the riding you do at GRM. So uh, you're here at Coda this weekend. This is your home track, and you're driving a bright orange car. Yes. Tell me about this car. McLaren 720S. This is my uh, my one-lap car um, when it runs. <laughs> I, I tell people this is my uh, high-maintenance supermodel girlfriend um, uh. because, uh, like, over, I guess, yeah, over the last year, I think I've had the car three or four months out of the out of the 12 in now, my possession. When when I talked to you last year at Coda, right? I think the car was in for service. It was, yeah. That's why I ran the CRX here last year. Um, so, so what... What was being done? What's been done since then? So this past year, they chased a bunch of things, which turned out to be the battery, believe it or not. It has a fancy lithium battery in it. But the lithium battery, the issue isn't the battery part itself. It's all the electronics that are associated with the battery. Okay. And not even the battery management stuff. There's actually, like, computers in the battery. Oh, that so sounds they expensive. have a new generation battery that solves a lot of these problems. And apparently, I'm not the only one that has had these. But, of course, with COVID problems and supply issues, um, getting all of the parts together to replace the battery took three months. Um, cool. Just waiting on that. Um, plus, there was other things with diagnosis and this and that. And, and so um, I did get it back for a while in the fall, ran it uh, a bunch in the fall uh, to great effect, and then um, sent it back over the uh, Christmas holiday time because I had burned out a set of OEM cats again. Um, those cars... Uh, burn through catalytic converters um, fairly quickly. Sure. Um, and unfortunately, if I removed them, which would be the obvious answer, obvious thing to do, um, that would void my warranty. <laughs> so Obviously, I much rather have the warranty. And and when you're when you're living that McLaren life, the warranty is it, it's important. It, it really is. <laughs> and I. Uh, uh, so, uh, and the dealership doesn't care because they make money <laughs> replacing them. You make Laren, send them new ones. And it's a 100,000 mile emissions warranty. That's, that's awesome. So, so the last time you were on the show, uh, you and I traded war stories about uh, how much money we've been able to claim from some kind of warranty right. relative to the value of the car. Where are you at now? <laughs> uh, well, that Jeep got stolen in Canada a couple ah, years ago, okay. so I haven't claimed anything on it recently. Right. But I think I had purchased it at the time for about $30,000, and I had claimed about $12,000 worth of mechanical work. Right. Uh, the 12C... You had an extraordinary... Oh, uh, yeah. You got a deal on it back in the day, I, I think. I did, I did. Um, but you claimed on that car, how much... Uh, in one year only, it was over... It was six figures. Um, in fact, I think over the lifetime of the car, I uh, the, the warranty work done on it was more than I paid for the car. Uh, wow. So, uh, yes, I did get a deal. At the time, it was 125 which, you know, it's a lot of money, but for a McLaren, it, it wasn't um, at the time. And, and so... Uh, uh, yeah, it, it it all added up to more than that over the lifetime uh, that I owned the car. So, but the the 720's been, you, you had the 12C and then you had a 570. Had 570, yep. And then you had the 720. Yep. And, like, the McLarens are very, very cool. Um, was Did the 570 give you any trouble? So the only thing with the 570 was, it, was, it, it gave me no trouble. Um, it just wasn't as fast even as the 12C. Um, so the 570 is, is kind of a notch lower in their... Um, uh, in their marketing series, they have the Super Series and the Ultimate Series, and this was, or I'm sorry, the Sports Series is what the 570 is. So it's just a slower car. Uh, it doesn't make as much power, um, even as the 12C did, nor did it have the dynamic suspension. The 720 was the successor to the, the 12C. 12C and 650, um, which are essentially the same car. Uh, 750 or 720 uh, obviously makes a lot more power. 
um, and uh, has the dynamic suspension and a, a second generation of that. Plus, and the real clincher for me was that it also has uh, the carbon monocoque now includes uh, the, the cabin above your head. Oh, neat. So the A pillar, B pillar, and the spine across the top where the doors hook in and, and, and go up and down, that's all carbon. Sturdy. So effectively, you have a built-in roll cage. Yeah. So the monocoque is a built-in roll cage. And I've seen a number of um, wrecked uh, 720s from salvage places when I've been looking for parts, and they... Uh, I have yet to see one where the driver compartment was compromised, including one that had barrel rolled like 10 times. Really? I mean, there was hardly any panel on the car unscathed, yet the driver compartment was fine. Well, and I know that we're kind of, uh, we're making light of the McLaren reliability issues that you've had over the course of three cars. Um, what about that car makes you say, well, I'd rather have this than a GT3? Sure. So... I actually owned a GT3 at one point, um, owned it for about a year, and I just didn't like the way it handled. Um, the whole rear engine thing never worked for me. Okay. Um, it was a uh, 997.2, so it was one of the newer ones, and I just it just never worked for me. Um, plus, a lot of the, you know, the, the race engineering uh, skills I have from various cars over the years didn't really apply to this car. Okay. Everything That's... I tried to make it handle better was backwards. Sure. So I'm like going to have, so if I keep the car, I'm going to have to learn how to do the engineering on it completely differently, and I'm going to have to learn how to drive differently. Yeah. And I'm like, heck with that. I'll just get a different car. So I tried. I tried to love it, but it, it just didn't work. And, and eventually I sold that car when I, I went up to it one day in the garage and was sitting there with cobwebs under it, and the battery was dead. Cool. I'm like, okay, this needs to go. Yeah. This just needs to go. So so it went. So, but how do you, um, there are other cars kind of oh, sure. in that realm. Like, yeah. uh, I think, I don't know the price on 720s, but like an NSX Type S, I think is extraordinarily cool. Yep. And I've considered that. <laughs> I've considered that car at, at times when the other. When but it would be lower power, I think. It would be lower power. It would not be as fast. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of thing. Once you get kind of locked into a speed level, it's hard to go backwards. And the other part of it is um, I've driven a lot of cars and none has compared with the handling of the 720. There's something about that dynamic suspension that just plain works. I wonder, um, like I don't see a whole lot of McLaren marketing material, but right. like uh, I think people associate Porsches with being at the track. And the, the way you talk about the McLaren is just that like it's almost like they're underselling Right. What it what it does so well, right? It, it's like it's it's a supercar, whatever. People buy them, they drive them on the street, and that's one thing. But like, what from what you're saying is these are fantastic cars on the track. They really are, and, and we're lucky here having Coda. Um, this place is like a light bulb to to McLarens. I mean, we'll typically for a track day here have a dozen McLarens. Is that right? It's 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 just crazy now. Track days here are expensive, so therefore you don't get your typical track rat Miata guys and stuff coming out here. It, sure. it just doesn't make sense. Um, and the track's just too fast, really, for those kind of cars. Or, um, so, But it, it's uh, we get a lot. So we have a really strong McLaren community okay. um, that, that comes out to these things um, and supports each other. Um, and, you know, and there's and there's and there are things to be learned about getting through some of the, the, the issues that the cars do have. Um, and let's face it, the, the first year I owned the 720, it was fine. It was flawless. Sure. Um, and um, it wasn't until I had one particular problem that, you know, anytime you take a motor apart, 
you potentially you un OEM it by yeah, doing for that. sure. So stuff just starts to then other things start to have a problem. Sure. Uh, and I think that we're kind of into that phase right now with the car. Okay. I've actually considered uh, prior to the prices of, of, of used cars going up, I actually had considered ditching this one, just getting a different one. Oh yeah. You know, essentially resetting, you know, <laughs> pay the difference and, and going. But now the price of used cars is insane. Well, I haven't I haven't paid attention to what McLaren has done recently. Oh, they're, they're What's crazy. is there anything above the seven six five? So there's the 720. The 765 is their track version of a 720. Okay. And the 765 at the moment is their fastest track-specific car. Um, it makes, you know, well, 40 horsepower more than sure. the 720. Um, its big thing, though, is it's got more aero built sure. into it, and it's got better gearing. So it's a 15% uh, shorter final drive. Uh, which translates really well to quarter mile times. Oh, it sure. It just works out really well. Um, but even around a track here, I followed a guy around last week um, who had one, and he would pull away me, from me on the back straight, but not by a lot. Sure. Um, so I looked at the math and all. It might be maybe a full second faster here, something like that, but no more. Okay. Um, so, so I have good frame of reference now for GLTC car speeds on the back straight. Okay. And I have a pretty good idea of you know, Ferris's car will do about 185 before it tops right. out in gear, yeah. uh, what does the 720 do? It's just shy of 180. That's really fast. Yeah, yeah. So the, the thing people don't understand with McLarens is they make, they're designed to be 200 mile an hour cars. Sure. So the top speed on those cars is 212. Um, I have not been there yet, <laughs> but one of these you, days in Mexico, I, you, I you need do, an environment, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I need, I'll, I'll do that sometime. But um, uh, the, um, they, they, the arrow on them is designed for low drag. Sure. It's not designed for downforce. It it has just enough downforce to counteract the normal lift that, that you'll you get at get. high speed, um, but not much more. Okay. 765 has a little more downforce. The 620R that you see here, um, somebody else has, um, Thomas Thompson, that car has some downforce. It's got a wing on it and okay. splitter and stuff. Um, but 720s, they're, they're kind of net neutral. You don't um, have, like, air brake or any... The air brake does work. Yep. Does it? Um, and, and it does help stabilize the car under really heavy threshold braking. Um, so if you watch the car into turn 12, um, the amount of braking I'm doing there is substantial. You stand the car on its nose, and the rear end is wiggling around. Is it? Without the air brake, it would probably go sideways. Okay. You know, because so, so I mean, much... So much of the weight would go forward. If you have an AIM solo or something in the car, what what is the max braking G you see in a you know, car like that? I haven't looked at that. I'll have to look at okay. that. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, well, I think that you're bringing another car. Maybe we'll switch from uh, nice cars to, like, <laughs> junk cars, because I know that's where your heart is. Uh, it, it is. And, and it's so funny, because some people know me from the McLaren world, and some people know me from the Honda world, and those two worlds don't usually <laughs> collide very much. Um, and it's always a surprise to one world or the other when I bring out the other car and they're like, what? Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm building another CRX. Um, you know, I have the one lap CRX that I've, that I've had for 11 years now. You should just be and in like car a museum or something. tired. <laughs> um, you know, stuff continues to break on it. The chassis is kind of getting tired and things. Um, and then the other, the other thing that goes along with that is... Uh, I was looking for something different to run at SCCA Time Trial Nationals this year okay. because um, I had won four times in the four years they've had it, all in different cars and different classes. So I needed to find a different car and a different class to run it in oh, to naturally. try to keep that going. So, um, and there was a couple of possibilities. Um, so the, but this one, 
given that I really wanted to build another CRX anyway to kind of replace the old one, and I already owned the chassis. Okay. I paid $400 for that car eight years ago, and it's been sitting in a field. Um, it was my spare chassis, and during COVID times, I got it running again, and actually just yesterday sold the drivetrain out of it for 600 bucks. <laughs> so, so I'm money ahead on the car. The car's free. It's been in a wreck, though, and so I've had to work around some... Make it straight. Yeah, well, it's not even really straight, but I'm working around the not straightness uh, of the car, and, it, and it's okay, but... Um, through James Houghton, um, I found a the 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 highest horsepower uh, Honda stock internals less than 1.9 liter motor. Okay. Which is the parameters for SCCA Time Trials Max Five class. Okay. So and it's a JDM B18C um, that uh, he put on a dyno. I don't believe that dyno that he put it on, it showed 200. Normally they make about 180, so I'm expecting about 180 on a Dynajet um, okay. out of it. Um, and they were able to actually dyno the motor, compression test, it leaked down, so I know it's a good motor. Awesome. That's the best part. Um, and uh, he shipped it to me here a couple months ago, um, and uh, it's in the car right now. I'm working through all those niggly, hasn't fired, but I'm working through all those niggly, oh, I need a different throttle cable. Oh, the brake booster hose is not the right length. Oh, sure. the... So I'm working through all that right now. Um, hopefully I'll get it fired up maybe this week, maybe next, something like that. Um, but the car is being built almost entirely as a twin to the K-powered car. Oh, so sure. it'll have exactly the same suspension, um, exactly the same aero. Um, oh, here's the other benefit is with the smaller motor and Max 5, I get to uh, run at a lighter weight. So when I ran the K-car in Max 4, I had to ballast it up with fuel and seats and things like that. Um, this car can run, I forget the number, it's either two or 300 pounds lighter than the other car. How nice. So yes, it'll be less power, but it's also gonna be a lot less weight. I don't even think I can hit the main weight. We'll see. I'm creative, um, we'll see. But uh, the car itself, for that class, it's 1900 is the min weight with driver, which, and I'm 150, so that's 1750. That's when pretty I light. started the project, I put it on scales, bone stock, 88 HF, uh, 1800 with AC okay. and no gas. So I took the AC out. That was 50 pounds. So I'm right at 1750 right there. Now the B motor and tranny weighs a good 50, 60 pounds more. So I'm back up to 18. Um, I'm going to have to put some kind of roll structure in it. I, I toyed with just running it bare. I don't think that's event. a good idea. Yeah, my wife didn't like that idea either. So she uh, she's like putting her foot down. No, we're not doing that. So I may compromise and maybe just put a roll bar with a petty bar on it or something like that, at least for a while. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, part of it is just logistics and time to get a cage built into it in the sure. time frame because I need to have the car ready to go um, before I leave for one lap with the other car. Well, speaking so of anyway. one lap, if I don't, uh, if you don't mind, yep. I believe, so uh, I recorded a whole bunch of sl uh, the shows last year, yep. daily episodes with as many people as I could. Um and your lovely wife said that that was her last one lap. Yes. Does she, is she committed to that or is she like, yep. she's not coming? Up? She's not coming. All right. Well, who's she's going with going. you? Uh, so Tom Suttard from uh, Grassroots Sports okay. Magazine, the uh, son of, you know, founder Tim Suttard. Um, and I've known Tom since he was a little kid. Sure. Um, and it's been fun watching him grow up. Um, and I've been working with him a couple of times recently on some of the GRM projects, like his 350Z program um, that they're working on, where they put an LS, it's an LS350, basically. Okay. Um, and uh, really enjoyed that time um, and thought, you know, here's a guy who's going to have plenty of stories to keep us both 
busy talking for the whole week. Oh, that you're I think together. you know what I'm going to say. You Which have to is. take the CRX. Oh no! no you no, have no. to take the CRX. <laughs> you know, yeah, I. It just won't last. It, it just won't last. It's one a story. Of these years, yeah, yeah, one of these years, I'll do that. Well, this but, new one, this this uh, new yeah, one that you're building. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. We'll see. So we'll uh, see. I have really strong opinions on this. Yeah. Uh, it's my opinion that in order for one lap to be really memorable, right. the car has to be garbage. Yeah, well, for sure the car has to break, and the odds of the McLaren breaking are probably higher than the <laughs> CRX breaking, <laughs> for one. Um, the other problem is Xerox doesn't have AC or anything. Well, that's stuff. true, but so, you know, if if Jack uh, can drive the Aerial Atom, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just nuts. <laughs> so, but but it's probably a story that but, he'll but remember for forever. Sure, yeah, for sure. One of the CRXs will come back out for one lap at some point. I can't wait for it, that. It will happen. There's no doubt about it in my mind. It will happen. I just need to find the right year and the right route. And all, particularly if it's a northern route where it's a little cooler and stuff, sure. um, that might not be bad. Um, um, so yeah. Now, you for a time had a really unique Miata. Didn't yep. last very long, but I remember it was really good looking. Yep. Um, yep. What was the story of that car? It was, I think it was an NC. So it was the uh, no, it was a, it was, a um, it was an NB. It was a K swap, K swap car, um, and I had built that for one lap. Okay. Yeah. You know, the 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 year that uh, we finally decided to hang it up with the CRX. Um, for one lap, um, I built that car thinking, okay, here's a rear-wheel drive version of a CRX. Sure. You know, so it ought to be faster. Um, and it's a newer car, so it ought to be more reliable. Um, I can put AC in and all these other kinds of things. And I built the car. Um, unfortunately, it never got to run one lap because that was when Ann had a neck injury. And, uh, you know, the car wasn't bad as far as suspension wasn't that stiff. Um, but uh, she couldn't ride in it. So that was the year we took the Cayenne instead. Um, by the next year, I was shaking it down, in fact, here, and blew the motor up. Um, and it was a really freak thing. It had a rod bolt just broke, an ARP rod bolt just broke. And I wasn't even over-revving it. Nothing weird happened. It just broke. So huh. that's when I ended up buying the, the 12C was because it was a couple of weeks before and one the rest lap, is and I'm history. like, I need something. Yeah. So that's what started that slippery slope. So anyway, that that car, so then I used it for some Optima events. Uh -huh. I, I, I won um, enough in that to get out, to get the invite out to SEMA uh -huh. to run that, enjoyed that experience. That was fun. Um, and, you know, I took it on track a fair bit, uh, but I wasn't driving it like I, like I really needed to. And somebody who I had been helping build their own car um, kept asking me questions. One day he says, would you sell that car to me? And he hit me at just the right time. And I'm like, you know, I haven't driven in a while. Um, I've got these other ideas. Threw out a big number. And he said, done. So yes. that was it. And he was going to run it in Optima stuff. Um, he hasn't yet, but he's run it a bunch of local things and won a bunch of local events, you know, time trials and autocrosses and things like that. So it's still getting used. Awesome. Um, but um, it, it's, you know, it's kind of out of my life at this yeah. point. Now, uh, you've been on the show several times, and I think I've, I've let you escape each <laughs> time from my passion. Which is? RVs. Oh, here we go. Here and, we go. and you, too, are an uh, RV enthusiast. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, for, for those who don't know, our Slip Angle show co-creator, Austin Cabot, yep bought your very loved but very used yes uh a, a navion yep winnebago um, navion winnebago navion sprinter base. And, and had driven it a ton even right. after right 
yeah, he's bought it from you. I think I had it with 140 when I sold it to him, and I think he did. He get to 200. He, he drove did. it a lot. Yeah, he drove it a lot, and 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 uh, uh, which I was glad to see. I mean, I, you're always happy to sell something like that to somebody who's going to use it. Sure. Not somebody's going to go fishing once a month, and you know, and, and use it as a base of operations for that. So, um, no, I was glad to see that happen. We basically replaced it with another one, same model, um, just newer with you know zero miles. Okay. Um, and, and, a, and a warranty. Um, and honestly, there were times I regretted buying the new one because the, the build quality of RVs has gotten bad. It just keeps getting worse. Uh, so I believe that. We've owned three Winnebago's, two, two Sprinter-based, one had a Chevy motor in it. And the best build quality we had was on the very first one. Yep. And they've just gotten progressively worse. And especially now, through COVID times, everybody wanted an RV, and they're sold out for like three years. Yeah. You can't even order one. Um, if, the, if the dealer doesn't have it on his showroom floor, you're not getting one. So there's a very specific reason for probably why you don't have something bigger. I now own a 40-footer, yeah, and it's, it is a monster thing, uh-huh. but it lives not at my house, right. and it's, it's, it's a more cumbersome thing to drive. Sure. Yep. Um, yep. Yours lives at your house. It does, in the garage, in the shop. It has its own bay. Um, so our homeowners association will not let it sit outside. Um, which I understand. The funny part is they will let the open trailer sit outside. Well, that doesn't make any sense. As long as it's behind the house. But, well, as long as nobody can see it from the road. Okay. But, but they, it, it, it's one of those things. They don't want people living in trailers. In, Makes sense. In, in a nice neighborhood, which I get. you know. And, and so if you can't have it outside, you can't live outside in it. Although we've actually had people. So when we had a bunch of people over um, for like race weekends and stuff, and we packed the house with people, we'll use that as a bedroom. And, and so we'll have people stay in the motorhome. Um, and, and it works great. It works really, really Does good. yours use a 30 amp or a 50? 30 amp. Yeah, okay, 30 amp, so you got yeah, a 30 amp outlet out there. Yep, you just keep it plugged yep. in? I do. That's nice. I do, yep. And I have a, I have a, um, uh, basically a dump right outside the garage door um, for, the, for the, uh, sewer. the sewage dump. That's yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, which, it's just a clean out for the, for the sewer line. Uh, yeah. But it, I had them put it right there so I can dump it. Um, although I haven't really used it so much because I always worry about a big spill. It's oh, one yeah. thing a big spill at a, at, a, at a dump at an RV park. It's another thing when it's like it's your my garage. house in your yeah. driveway. Yeah, I get like, that. Eh. So so far, I haven't really used it for much. And other than the like particularly cold weather you had here in Austin a year or two ago, yes, yep. um, you don't we have could. to winterize it, right? Like it, oh, no, it just never, lives in the yeah, garage. Yeah. In fact, during that freeze that we had, it was a week long freeze, single digits. That was crazy. Um, we used, we cooked out of that. So our, our neighborhood is on community propane instead uh-huh. of natural gas. Um, and they ran out uh, okay. because they couldn't bring trucks in to refill it. So, uh, but the RV was full of, yeah. of propane. So we cooked in there um, and I have a generator. I could good power. So we never lost power, but had we lost power, we could have lived out of the RV for at least three or four days. That's cool. Um, so it, it kind of serves as our own little escape shelter if we need it. Yeah. Um, and I and we were smart to fill it up with water. So we always keep it full of water. That's clean smart. water. Because uh, that was the other thing we lost was we lost clean water for a while. Okay. Um, because uh, some, I don't know, electricity failing near the power plant or the pumps on the water pumps, um, they, they, they ended up having to shut the water off. So anyway, um, yeah, the RV even works for that. Is it here this weekend? It is not. I, well, that's because you I, go home at night. I, I go home and sleep in my own bed. I almost brought it out. I, I was like, you know, but it's just such a hassle to 
load the car onto it, unload it when you get here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I got friends to go hang out with in yeah. garages and all. So I've just been mooching people's garage space. So the one thing that I think is strange about this paddock that I would have expected differently is I would have expected more like 50 amp power just to be available and everywhere. I'm surprised. Yeah, so Coda, I don't know why they don't have that either. Um, and so the really big events, um, they'll bring in portable generators. Okay. Uh, so, um, and F1, if you go down and look down towards the, um, just on the other side of the garages, on the paddock side of the garages, there are places in the ground where they hook up temporary um, 220 and, and 110 um, off of those for F1 where they have all the hospitality uh-huh. uh, things they bring in. Um, so, uh, but it's not normally here for regular events. It's all built around F1. That's so funny because yeah. uh, I, I've said this before on the show. If you compare this place, which is world class, yep. to Barber, it seems like every parking spot at Barber in the paddock has 50 amp power. Yes, yes. Every single one. Yep. yep. Which yep. is incredible, uh-huh. but uh, it's rare because like places like Mid Ohio has like almost zero power available. Yeah, yeah. Just... I don't know why they did they didn't do it. Um, I mean, basically, if you want power, um, you really require it. You get one of the RV spots along the back straight. Sure. And I've done that before, like on a summer uh, NASA weekend or something. Okay. I'll come out here. I'll bring the RV out. And I'll plug it in there. I'll just run the AC the whole time. Sure. And then I'll just go to grid from out there. How far, um, like driving, if you drive, drive the race car from there to here? Oh, it's couple three, minutes? Three minutes. Okay. You know, it's no big deal at all. I don't know my way around the inside of this track yep. very well, so it, it would feel a little awkward to me. Yeah. We wanted to go out to 11... Um, yesterday in a golf cart. We were like, yeah. I don't even know how to get there. Well, it's especially bad right now because there's so many spectators around and the place is parked up, you know, with the with the drifting going on and the car show. Um, normally, that's like an asshole weekend or something like that. That stuff's not here. Yeah. Um, but this weekend, there's a ton of, and there's just spectators walking in the middle of the road and everything else. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I'm not complaining. I love having all the spectators. Congrats to uh, Jason and the Super Lap Battle guys um, and, um, and GLTC for um, for putting on a great event that spectators want to come see. Yep. I mean, it's great. I mean, there's it's like a four-ring circus going on here right yeah, now. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Everybody's getting a little something for everybody uh, and, to see it, and, you know, got to love that happening. Well, I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, okay. and uh, I... You just set a record in the I limited did. class. Which uh, is limited great. class record, yeah. Unfortunately, Eric Fleming wasn't here to defend because I don't think I could have beaten him. Uh, the track itself is just faster now. Okay. Um, by by my estimation, it's about a second and a half faster for a big power car. There was a repave and portion of the track. Is yeah. That- so there's two sections that got repaved. They repaved from once you come down the hill into two, uh, all the way down to turn 11. Uh, okay. So all the way through the S is all repaved. Um, and then again, it picks up again at the end of the braking zone for turn 12 and carries all the way just to the beginning of the carousel. So the stadium section and the S's basically are all new pavement. And the new pavement at the moment is substantially grippier than the old pavement. So that makes braking really... So it makes braking better into 12. Um, but more importantly, if you're a car that's excess power to where you have to modulate from downhill from 2 into 3 you can carry a lot more speed now. Now, sure. if you were an underpowered car, like a GLTC car, you're already flat through there anyway. Sure. You're not picking up time. Um, and then the other part is the little complex where you go, uh, typically an under, underpowered car from eight all the way down to 11 is flat. Um, in a car like mine, you're you're modulating, pedaling it through there. Um, I can carry more speed through there. So those are the two big places I pick up time in there. 
Um, some of the other breaking zones, even the little squirts in the stadium section, I can break deeper there. Awesome. Uh, pick up a couple tents and stuff there. But the two biggies are two into three and then um, seven, eight, nine, right in there down through ten. Uh, I'm picking up time there. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I don't I don't know if there's much time faster than a 215, but I, I wish you the best. I hope Thanks. so. I hope so. We'll see. Uh, you know, Tomorrow morning it'll be cooler. The engine will make more power, but then the tires won't work as well either yeah. until I get some heat into them. So we'll see. Uh, there might be a little bit more. Well, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you. you thank you. Thanks Take for care. having me. Bye. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Gridlife to say hello. Hello.